Welcome to the Daily Path Podcast, where it's all about building an authentic life and business. I'm your host, Joe Winters Jr., and now for today's message. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Daily Path Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Winters Jr., and today I am joined again by Stephen Howard. He's been on the podcast before. He's a leadership coach for first line and second line leaders. And he is also the author of his new book, Human Leadership, Mindsets, Skills, and Behaviors for Being a Successful People-Centric Leader. Stephen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Joe. It's great to be back with you once again. Thank you for joining me again for another conversation. Um, As you and I both know, um, as we're coming out of the pandemic, things are changing in terms of how organizations are operating and what leadership looks like. So today I would like to talk to you about your book, Human Leadership, what startup entrepreneurs should focus on as they hire team members and where you see leaders or leadership going as the online economy continues to um, grow. So starting with human leadership, human is a created word comprising human, humanity, and harmony to emphasize the leading of people and the needs for leaders to create workplaces of well-being and harmony. Where did the inspiration to create this concept come from and how are you making it a reality for organizations in your work? Well, it came as reality. I was sitting on my balcony one evening and was drafting the book. I had no idea what the title of the book was going to be, but I did know that leadership had to change. It was changing during the pandemic. There are things that people need to focus on differently coming out of the pandemic. And I was on a piece of paper and I wrote the word, you know, I wrote down the sentence, leaders need to unlearn management and relearn to be human. Mm. I thought, okay, all right. And then a few, a few minutes later, I started thinking about, I thought of the word harmony and the fact that we need harmony in the workplace. Actually, we need harmony in our lives, both right. professionally and personally. And suddenly those two thoughts combine themselves, human, human humanity, and, and harmony. And uh, and so I looked it up. There was not a word called humany. I had a couple other variations of it, and I kind of landed on humany. And actually, somebody's going to try and promote it to Webster's to put it in the dictionary next year. So I hope that's <laughs> successful. Right. Looking forward, looking forward to it. I hope it's successful <laughs> as well. What would you say are some of the critical problems um, leaders are facing today? I think particularly leaders who are 40 years and above, look, Mm. this is going to be a difficult change. There's no doubt. Um, Leaders 40 plus Mm. have been very successful uh, being directive in their actions. uh, Not some of them, my way or the highway type uh, leaders. Mm. Um, And they will continue Mm. to be successful, but I would suggest short term and the cost of being successful in terms of lack of people engagement, the resignations, Mm. the, even the quiet quitting trends that we're hearing about today will escalate. So if you want to be successful long-term, sustainable, you need to change your mindset about Mm. being a leader. And this is about putting people before profits, but it's not about people over profits. It's, Mm. uh, you know, we still need to make profits. uh, uh, People over profits is kind of an either or proposition, Mm. but people before profits means people plus profits. And so Mm. I think it's a mindset change. Uh, I think the other thing coming out of this is that people want greater human um, connection. Uh, That's obvious coming out of the pandemic. And so leaders need to excel at the human connection aspect Mm. of leadership. Mm. Um, So I think those are the two big changes happening. Mm. 
what are some things that a leader above the age of 40 can focus on coming out of the pandemic that would help them lead, you know, younger, more innovative leaders? That's an outstanding question. Uh, for, here's an example I would say, and I've, I've coached so many leaders in that 40 plus category. And I've seen so many leaders or managers come into a new team. Mm. And one of their first messages is, um, here's how you earn my trust. Mm. Uh, that doesn't work today. I, I would suggest mm. a leader needs to come into a team and say, you have my trust. Here's mm. how you can lose my trust. You can lose it by not telling me the truth. You could lose mm. it by trying to cover up your mistakes. You could you can lose your trust by not raising an issue early enough to, to me um, mm. so that we can solve it together. Mm. Uh, I don't think you want to tell people how to, that they need to earn your trust as a leader. <laughs> and that's a mindset change. And, and, and look, again, those 40 plus or 45 plus have been successful. And that, that has been the mindset, uh, the entrenched behavior that has worked and worked in the, you know, the first 20 years of, of this decade or this century, but it's not going to work any further. Mm. How that makes sense. That does make sense. How would you advise the older leader to communicate with younger leaders, especially as we're looking at, you know, remote jobs and, and people working remote? I think the communication is the key. Um, and I think you have to be open. You have to be transparent. I would suggest you a little bit of humbleness and humility will go a long way to being successful in the future. I think it's okay for a leader today to say, I don't have all the answers. Mm. I need your help. Let's let's work on this together. Um, I also think that the world's changing so fast that leaders, again, the change has to be, look, this is what we know today. This is what we're, this is how we're going to move forward based on what we know. But when we learn new stuff, mm. we're going to change. But, and so to be open and honest with people, um, and you know, this goes even, you know, I've seen so many mistakes about the back to back to the office type situations, you know, right. even the big companies say, we're going to come back in September, or we're going to come back in November, or we're going to come back in January. You know, this was a year ago. And, you know, now right. people are saying, well, we're going to come back in January again. Uh, but then they change and there's no, there's no rationale for the change. Uh, they're not being upfront with people. And I think you have to be upfront as a leader. And mm. that's how you're going to gain the trust of your employees is mm. by being truthful and honest with them. Yeah. You know, I certainly agree with that. What What do you believe are the top three to five things that a startup entrepreneur should focus on when it comes to their leadership practices or what they should look for when hiring? Okay, I'll take the second, the first part first. The the um, the practices I would suggest is forget about managing talent. Uh, people management is a 1980s construct. People don't want to be managed today. They want to be led. They want to be inspired. Managing talent, even for small organizations or large organizations, is is the wrong approach. How about inspiring talent? How about mm. motivating talent? How about creating foundational structures that allows talent to grow, to flow, to mm. flower, to bloom? That's what true performance leadership is going to be all about, is right. bringing in that and that. Um, the hiring process. Um, but, but, you, before, the, we, before we go so forward, good. tell us what, is, what does that look like? What does inspiring talent look like? What does motivating talent looks like? cooperative collaboration most collaboration in the workforce today is forced you so somebody says i want i want joe and steven and mary and jane i want you two to get together and here's what i want you to produce and mm. and so 
that's very directive uh, rather than saying, hey, we got an opportunity here. Here's our vision. Who'd like to be on this team? Who wants to work mm. on this this new project to, mm. you know, to launch, let's say, in your case, to to launch a, a video, a, a video cast or something? Mm. Who wants who wants to participate? And now you got people enthused. Uh, you, mm. The um, the Google did some research a couple of years ago, which revealed that the number one criteria for team performance is psychological safety. You've got to have an environment as a leader right. where you don't ridicule anybody. You don't shoot anybody's ideas down. You right. don't make comments like, well, we tried that five years ago. It didn't work. Mm. Um, you, uh, and, and when somebody makes a mistake, you don't, you don't, you, you don't look for blame. You say, what can we learn from this? That's all psycholo- psychological safety is all about that from a team, a team perspective. You know, I, I really want to comment on that because I completely agree with you. Um, and and I, I feel like it's getting more like it's, I feel like it's always been important, but now we're starting to really acknowledge how important that it is. And, you know, I've seen, I've seen um, companies, whether it's in the past when I've worked for a company or even some of some companies that I've um, had the pleasure of advising, I've seen an attempt where a leader or a manager within the company would try to push for the collaborative cooperation, as you put it, to where they're, they're they're trying to um provide the psychological safety and they're not able to perhaps it's because for so long it wasn't there and so now that they're trying to do it they're not they're not able to so going to the example you gave let's say they say you know who would like to be on this but where does a leader go from here to attempt or to continue building the culture in which they would like to build it one on one just one-on-one with each one of those, with whoever, whoever mm. didn't volunteer. Now talk to them one-on-one afterwards. Don't, don't, don't be disappointed. Don't, you know, mm. there may be some group peer pressure involved there. Uh, you're changing a culture. Uh, the culture in the past has not been a volunteer culture. So don't expect people to volunteer immediately. Mm. Um, it's going to take some time. So talk right. one-on-one. Uh, hey, Joe, here. Here, here's what the project's all about. Here's why I think you'd be really good at this. This is where I think you contribute. Uh, you can reconsider it and get back to me in two days. And then one mm. by one, talk to each person about that. Mm, that's very powerful. What has been something that you have struggled with in your business specifically? And how have you navigated that struggle? Oh, um, I think the the initial um People being afraid to make a decision has impacted me because obviously when I'm talking with clients and, and what have you now, there was a silver lining in that, in that people need a lot more coaching and a lot more mentoring, a lot more help. They needed a sounding board. So there were some right. positives coming out of it or during it for me. But some of the, I guess the negative would be, I mean, I lost a great deal of business because prior to the pandemic, 90% of my business was face-to-face classroom training instruction. And obviously that went completely to zero. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had to pick it up by find. We had to pivot, as as people say, and find uh, other ways of inter uh, interacting and engaging with clients. Mm. For someone that's perhaps struggling with the same thing you did, but they have not yet figured out how to overcome it, what were some things you did to overcome that struggle? After about two days' reflection, I changed into a very positive. Um, mental attitude and my girlfriend as well quite frank we sat down after a couple of days when all this hit and i mean it was shocking like i said 90 percent of my business went out the door with one phone call mm. um 
after two days, we look at what can we do together now? Since in the pandemic for the last two and a half years, I've written and published three books. She's written and published four books. Um, she started a blog. Um, she started a new business. I've picked up new clients. Uh, you know, we just said, look, this is the parameters within which we have to work and let's figure out what we're going to do. And, you know, we position ourselves now for a very strong 2023, hopefully not, not knock on wood, as they say, <laughs> uh, if you haven't done that yet, um, um, Give me a call. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give you a free 20 minute phone call and let's talk about how to change your mindset, how to get your mindset right uh, uh, for the remainder of the year. And I know there's probably the first quarter now as we're talking, but, you know, how are you going to get your set for the you know, remaining nine months of 2023? Mm, certainly makes sense there. And, and for the listener that's listening right now, would like to give you a call. Where can they go and find you? Give us your best website for them to go and find you. Best website is humaneleadership.com, which is the name of the new book. Um, or email me, Stephen at humaneleadership.com. Humany is H-U-M-O-N-Y, leadership.com. Just reach out to me. Um, I'll get back to you within 48 hours. Awesome. That's I, I will also be including those links in the show notes as well. So in your book, you're you're helping readers with the mindset, skills, and behaviors for being a successful people-centric leader. What's an exercise you like to do with your clients to help them become more people-centric? Here, here's uh, it's partly people-centric. It's partly you know, being prepared to be a, a better leader. It goes back to your earlier question about hiring. One of the things I do now is I tell people, if I'm going to hire somebody, here's the question I ask them. Because the world's going to keep changing. All right. That's a given. We have to right. be adaptable. We have to be agile. So I'm going to ask you, Joe, if I'm going to hire you, the question I would ask you is, Joe, tell me a situation where you had to make a decision, where you did not have all the facts at hand, where it was uncertain. Tell me about the decision. And then the follow-up question is, what did you learn about yourself, about your team, and about leading your team? afterwards i don't care how i did because i don't care about the results because the results are situational uh, mm. you, you you and part of it you got lucky or you made a good decision you had good people behind you had good research that's i want to know what did you variables. i want to learn about what did you learn about yourself in how you and your team and the way you lead your team in uncertain times because mm. we are going to continue to have uncertain times mm. That makes sense. So give us give us some examples here. If we kind of had to break up the learnings about oneself into three categories. Category one is, you know, the things they learned about themselves were good things or productive things or things that simply advanced them. Um, number two is like neutral, you know, nor neither good or bad. Number three is like the things that they said they learned kind of I guess, express that they're not really a people-centric leader or they did not learn much. So if we have these three different categories, right? Like what are some things that like, give us an example of a, of a person that would fall into each category, if you will. All right. Well, the third category, the last category is Elon Musk. <laughs> He's the antithesis of a people-centric leader. <laughs> um, what'd how, you learn how about? So? How so? How so? <laughs> Break, break that well, down for us. How so? Well, okay, simple. I mean, look, I, you know, yeah, you buy a company if you want to lay off 5,000 people or whatever. You do it with some humanity. I mean, mm. you're, you're dealing with human beings. I mean, there is a way, you, you know, and you don't tell people in, in an email that, um, you look, you want to stay on board, you're going to work long hours. So you better get used to it. You're going to be, uh, uh, mm. this, is, this is how we're going to operate going forward. And I'm, I'm glad that 
whatever it was, six or 7,000 people resigned on their own when he sent that email out. Mm. Uh, you don't ask people, you know, in the early days of, you know, you saw those pictures of people, managers sleeping in their offices on the floor um, because of the pressure. Does it really matter whether whatever changes he was making, mm. does it matter whether he makes them within 30 days or 90 days or 120 days in honesty? Um, mm. How much money is he going to save over Mm. Uh, and what is the cost to his workforce? What's the cost of the, the relationships with their family? What's the cost to their health? What's the cost to their mental well-being? Uh, what is the risk that he took? Uh, you, you know, you, we, we have this phrase called going postal. You got people stressed out like that. We're very lucky that nobody went amok in Twitter mm. and, and brought a gun in there and just started shooting mm. people. Um, mm. You know, the risk that he took with that. I mean, it's crazy. And right. what did it do? What did it solve? So that's 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 how that's why I say he's the antithesis of this. So would so it, it's it sounds like you're saying it's not it's not what he did, it's the way he did it. Exactly, exactly. You can lay people off, you know, you know, a thousand a time over time, give them their benefits, you know, do do, do it in a more humane manner. Just don't come come in and and slash and burn like he did. Uh, mm. Definitely, that's not being people centric. That's okay. being results focused. You know, one of the philosophies in the book is very simple. If as a leader, if you focus only on results, which is what he was doing, focusing only on results, you're going to lose your people. You're going to get low employee engagement. You're going to get great resignation, quiet quitting. If you focus on your people, they will help you get the results. You'll get better engagement. You'll get better collaboration. You'll get better innovation, better creativity. Um, how many of those people who left Twitter had great ideas to how to fix some of the issues? and left with those ideas in their mind. Right. Right. Very, very interesting. Uh, so where does the balance take place between, um, cause I hear what you're putting down in terms of like, we have to focus on people and by focusing on people, we will get the results. Uh -huh. Um, but where, where does, I guess my question really is like, when does a focus on results come in? When does that come in? When does that conversation, when is that conversation had? Cause I, you know, results are still important. Right? Extremely, extremely. <laughs> and, um, and that's why leadership is an art, Joe. Um, right. And this is why it's, I would say the same thing. Those who focus only on people, you know, the happy, you know, the, the nice manager, everyone wants to work for him or her because they're nice and kind and they're always having lunches and parties and they don't get the results. No, we don't want that either. It mm -hmm. is. It's, and I would suggest it's not a balance. I would suggest it's a harmony. How do you mm -hmm. harmonize and, and how do you harmonize? People don't need work-life balance. They need work-life harmony. It goes mm -hmm. back to one of your earlier questions about remote workers. We want people to get a job done. We don't, we don't want people just to work certain hours. So harmony, if somebody's got to take care of their elderly parent or pick kids up from school or coach a, a, a soccer team or something, right. as long as they're getting their job done, I don't care if, they, if they're missing from three to five. Right. Uh, whether, you know, if that's their choice. If they want to come back and work six to eight in the evening and get stuff done, that's fine. As, as long as they're cooperating and, and communicating with the rest of the team and with me as their leader, that's harmony. And that's what we need. Work-life harmony. We need workplace harmony. Mm, completely agree with you there. So what's next for you? You know, you've, you've trained over 10,000 leaders. I know we spoke about that the last time you were on the podcast, mm -hmm. you've um, published, dozens of books um you you know before we jumped on you were sharing with me how you're also in the process of 
writing your next two to three books. <laughs> so, so what's <laughs> what? So, what's next for you? What do you plan to achieve within the next twelve months, twenty four months? I think the next twelve to twenty four months is I, I, I probably want to reengage uh, the platform speaking I used to do because I'm very passionate about the subject and I, I would like to get out in front of more audiences and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you you put the bug in me twelve months ago to start a podcast. Well, that's <laughs> that's on my list. It's getting higher and higher on my list for 2023. Uh, that may be something I do. I've been doing a lot a lot of content on YouTube and, and right now as well. So and I even even gotten into Instagram, which I never thought I would ever do. Um, so podcasting might be in my future. Uh, definitely writing. I mean, one of the two books you mentioned, I, uh, I was approached by a senior manager from a major Fortune 100 company, retired and wants to write a book. And I'm going to co-author that book with him. Mm. We're already in the process of that. And then I've got my own series of of books I want to write next year. And they're they're going to be short books, 80 to 100 pages on very specific leadership topics like Mm. the art of delegation, the art of effective feedback, the art of um, uh, um. uh, drama, con- conflict management. So everyone, so very one topic, mm. one book, 80 pages, 85 pages, something like that. So I'm going to create that series and, and launch that by June next year. Um, mm. Busy man. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. looking forward. Certainly looking forward to the books coming out as well. And I do think the podcast should be higher on the list because right now I would say podcasting, in terms of organic growth, I mean, it's crushing um, YouTube. Um, I'm I'm almost willing to you know shake hands with anyone and say I kept them triple their audience size faster than a YouTube channel could with a podcast just because of where podcasting is at. And so um, I know we we spoke about you starting a podcast twelve months ago. Hopefully that is yep. higher on the list now. It uh, is higher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if there if there was a principle we didn't cover today that you would like to share, what would it be? I think the one thing we didn't cover, which I think is critical. I mean, first of all, when, you know, when I talk about leadership, to me, a leader is anybody who leads people. So the, everything in the book, everything we've talked about is applicable, whether you're a first line leader or a supervisor, a team leader on up to the to the entrepreneur who's starting a business, uh, number one. Secondly, I think the principle that we didn't talk about that I would highly encourage in everybody is lifetime learning. Mm-hmm. Um, you you. You have to continue to grow. You have to have that growth mindset with, as a leader, as an individual contributor. And I walk the talk. You mentioned earlier, yes, I've trained over 10,000 people. But yet every month, I still read 30 to 40 articles on leadership. And mm-hmm. I post links to some of these on my website. I still read six to seven books on leadership every year, even though I write books on leadership. So I'm trying to refresh. Sometimes it reinforces ideas that I have. Sometimes I learn new things. Uh, so lifelong learning for yourself as a leader. And then as you demonstrate that role model, that for the people that you lead and mm-hmm. inculcate that in their habits. Mm-hmm. I, like I think that. that's critical. I completely agree with you. Lifelong learning is is definitely essential in our lives. Um, before we before we jump off, I would like to ask you because earlier we were speaking to um, to you know the the forty plus year old individual who is looking to lead and looking to um, be and become a better leader um, as we continue to um, carry on. So, what would if you could provide us with a few learning practices that someone and I guess it doesn't even have to be for an individual above the age of 40, but 
if you had to provide some learning practices one could take up that would help them overcome, you know, the fixed mindset or the, you know, practice of not continuing to learn, what would it be? Read my book? No. <laughs> <laughs> um soft skills forget this high concept of soft skills um or soft there's something soft about this so learn about emotional intelligence uh, learn about mm. resiliency uh, learn about agility um learn about adaptability uh understand your mm. own personal energy and how that impacts that i mean if you're as a leader if you if you come in uh, either on a zoom call or into the office with low energy your people are going to pick up on that right. um as i said earlier focusing only on results will drive your people away mm. balance that find the harmony and for everyone's going to be different um and um understand that workplace stress is the number one cause of stress particularly in the united states and stress mm. is the number one leading cause of death mm. so think about that you're a leader of people do you want that on your tombstone that you that you drove people to death that you drove mm. the stress level uh, or would you rather be a human being and realize that okay i need to i need to find ways to reduce workplace stress i don't mm. need people working on the weekends i don't need people giving up their family time mm. it may take a little longer to achieve the results but maybe i'll achieve better results cuz i'll be, mm. i'll get better innovation better creativity from my people at the same time so mm. those are some of the those are some practical things that people should focus on mm. think about contemplate as um, as you go through the mm. rest of the year Thank you for sharing that. And one more time for us, please um, give us your the best place to go and follow you and connect with you. Uh, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Stephen Howard. It's greater Los Angeles area. Um, my website, Humany, H-U-M-O-N-Y, humanyleadership.com. Email is Stephen at humanyleadership.com. I'm fairly active on Twitter uh, at Stephen uh, B., for Baltimore Howard. And now I'm on Instagram under human leaders. So look under human leaders for Instagram and uh, <laughs> connect with me there. <laughs> Definitely. We'll, I will be including your links in the show notes as well. Stephen, I also want to say thank you for joining me on another podcast episode. And to my listeners, I hope you take something that you learned today and implement it in your daily path. Until next time, have a blessed day. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Daily Path Podcast. If you would like to launch your own podcast show to expand your reach, grow your network, and sign more premium clients for your business, visit dailypathacademy.com to learn how we can help you launch an impactful podcast that changes lives around the world and acquires high-ticket clients for your business. That's dailypathacademy.com.